we are going to share a little bit and then, yes, there is some discussion today. So get your discussion pants on. Um, always good to be able to share. I think uh, as a community, it's it's great to hear one person do a monologue for a bit, but even better when we can share together. So be thinking about that. By way of introduction, I kind of want to link what Alex talked about last week with um, with this week. And it might seem a strange link, but we're going to show a couple of minutes. It'll cut off in an odd spot. Uh, but a, a clip from the Bible Project on Genesis. And I think it just... It will make sense once you've um, seen it and I explain it. So linking um, Alex's discussion last week about how authoritative is the is the Bible, um, and today we're moving slightly in a in a left hand side direction. But if we can play that, that would be great. Ends awkwardly, but I I, I felt um, when we we're having our discussion last week. That is what popped into my mind, this idea that that we have a certain way that we are kind of bent. All of us, whether we're followers of Jesus or people who are not yet followers of Jesus, there is this inclination to go with whatever our heart, whatever our mind, whatever our culture, whatever our um, desires are. So when we, when we talked last week about the wrestle, and Alex just put this so brilliantly, the wrestle about how we read the Bible, is it authority? Yes, Jesus talked about it being authoritative, but Jesus also shifted and changed things. And, and, and we as a culture, we as a church, part of our role is to keep wrestling through what what scripture means, what does it mean for us as Southern Cross Community Church? What does it mean for Steve Lording as he goes through his day? What does it mean for Raf? What does it mean for Kevin? And the women also. I don't know, I just picked men. Um, so so we, we have to have that wrestle. That's a really, really important wrestle. And I would, if you weren't here last week, grab hold of the podcast. You go to the website, you can find podcasts, you can find almost all, unless we have a glitch with recording, you can find almost every talk um, that we've we've ever shared here in the last, well, since COVID, um, and, and you can catch up. I would also recommend the Bible Project if you haven't already given it a look. Dive in anywhere. It's just such a good understanding of, of how the Bible is put together. But the reason I, I mention that as a kind of a precursor and a link between last week and this week is that it's important that we understand our own inclination to be a little bit like toddlers at times. I'll do it myself. I found myself saying and doing this so many times in my life. I'll do it myself. I'll make up my own mind. I'll, I'll go the way I want to go. And, and I think we need to kind of have that as an understanding. That's, that's sin. It's not, it's not so much the lie you told when you were 12 or when you kicked the cat when you were four. It's, it's this inclination to come up with our own way of doing things. And that's very clearly represented right from the very beginning. Will you choose to trust in God's way or will you go your own way? So we know we have a very gracious God. We know Jesus gave us this amazing example of how to show love and grace to ourselves and to others through his forgiveness. And and when we think about the ways we hear from God, you know, the, the talk last week was about how we 
how we deal with the Bible. There are other ways to hear from God, are there not? Now, if you've been at Southern for a very long time, you might even still own one of the bookmarks. Does anyone know what I'm talking about with the bookmarks? Okay, so was it Lindsay or was it you, Alex? Yeah, okay, so Lindsay talked about the ways we hear from God and number one, or there's no numbers, forget the priority. One way we hear from God is the Bible. What else was written on this infamous bookmark? Circumstances. Circumstances, God guides us and leads us through circumstances. You often hear it described as that door opened or that door closed. So the Bible, circumstances, the heart. What is your heart saying? So we know that sometimes God puts things on our heart. God put uh, on Carol's heart many years ago, I just like a space for people to come and to share and to exchange clothing if they need it, you know, and we've all had things on our heart. So the heart is a valid way of hearing from God. The community. It's often the forgotten one. Do you find that? I'll, I'll, I need to discern what God's saying, but I don't think to go to the people who can offer wisdom to me. You guys, like making decisions together. And I think we had an excellent example of that when Lindsay and Mandy were thinking about leaving here and going to Youth Dimension. You often have a big, long process to call a pastor to a church, but and then you find out that that pastor is leaving when they get up the front and go, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. Whereas Lindsay and Mandy said, no, no, let's make that a discernment process. Let's get together and what is God saying as the body? So there are lots of different ways to hear from God. And and that wrestle through what is the Bible saying to us. Excellent, excellent way to be thinking through how we put the Bible into our lives week by week. I'm shifting slightly. I want to suggest that there are also gifts, talents, um, approaches to church life that are really, really important and that we might just be missing something by not expressing how God wants to speak to this body, to to Southern Cross Community Church in this day and age. As we find ourselves in this kind of cultural shift, we've called it liminal space, we've called it the grey zone, um, church decline, uh, this evolution of what church is doing is it going to be sunday morning gatherings with songs in 20 years who knows it's we're in a an interesting stage but the the church big c is full of all kinds of gifts you'll know this verse but grab it if you've got your bible um it's just this one verse in ephesians and you've you've no doubt heard it before it's an important one as we think through um as we think through the gifts of what everyone brings to Southern Cross Community Church in 2023. Ephesians 4 verse 11 says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So, Different generations have emphasised one or the other of these gifts. So there's apostleship, there's there's the prophet, there's the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher. What is it that we focus predominantly on in our age of knowledge, in our age of enlightened thinking, in our scientific world? What do we emphasise in our church? Who do we pay? We pay the teachers. 
and we pay those with a pastoral gift. That's that's what we've emphasised. But that's not all that's mentioned in Ephesians. When when we talk about the body of Christ, when we talk about what the church is, it's not just the pastors and teachers. It's the evangelists. It's the prophets. It's the apostles. So Isaac, who's missing right now, <laughs> um, Raf, can you bring up the the one? It's just the one slide. Um, he disappeared. So so we. We see that in, in our day and age we, we talk a lot about um, pastors and teachers. But think for a second, and we're not going to go, we're not going to delve deeply into what they are, but, or, or to try and explain what they are, but an apostle, someone who takes risks, someone who loves to start new things, who wants to push into areas that haven't been pushed into before. Think about that as apostleship. We could, we could go in lots of different directions, but that's, you know, the, the, the core of it. Those people, and think about the original apostles, you know, they were Jesus followers. They are then sent out to, to share their experiences with Jesus, why Jesus came, what that all looked like. And they, they take risks. They do new things. They start new churches. That's the apostle. The evangelist has this passion and this focus for having people come to know Jesus. I know Jesus, says the evangelist, and I need you to understand that Jesus is someone who cares for you deeply, who offers you this connection to God, offers you forgiveness. The evangelist is such an important part of the church. You guys have probably... you. If you've been here a while, you would have heard Alex talk about this. I'm just really re-running through this, and you may already know it. The prophetic, the one who receives visions from God and who shares those visions to enhance the church. Now, that could be a super encouraging thing. It could be someone coming alongside you and saying, I was praying for you during the week, and I had this picture, and they, they share this picture, and you, you're deeply encouraged, and it gives you the impetus to go forward. Or it could be someone who says, have this sense that maybe you're heading in the wrong direction and they have that prophetic voice that says, stop, that's not right. All these gifts are so important to the church and yet the people that we've decided in the last few hundred years to pay, even the paid thing is an interesting concept, are the pastors and the teachers. And I want to suggest, excuse my clunky picture of it, but I want to suggest that with the pastor and teacher, and I've put them together, they're separate, but the, with them in the centre, with them making most of the decisions, with them kind of guiding the direction of the church, great. Things are kind of steady. Things go along well. And I want to suggest at Southern, it's been really important over the last couple of years, especially since all those lockdowns and we were doing church online and you guys um, said, yep, Sally, we want you to be the pastor. I, I, My middle name is Stable, right? My middle name is actually Patricia and I'm not a big fan. Uh, stable is good. Stability is kind of what I bring and pastoral gifts and a, and a bit of teaching. Alex is an exceptional teacher. We We own that. We bring that. Good for its time, good for a long-term vision, but you don't just want 
You don't just want that to be at the centre. You need these apostles pushing the circle this way. You need the evangelists pushing the circle that way. You need the prophets pushing it in a different direction. Is that comfortable? Not necessarily. Is that the way the body was designed according to Ephesians? Absolutely. We are all needed. We're all needed to make this place function and to figure out what the next step is. Where is Southern going in the next five years? Where is it going in the next year? What is God saying to our community? We can't make that decision. The council can't make that decision without using all the gifts of the body. And I think about that Moravian church that we talked about during our prayer time. They were ousted from their community. They had to find new land. They kind of dug in and started bickering and fighting. What would have happened if the prophet, I'm going to call the count, that 22-year-old rich guy who gave them the land, what if he hadn't stuck up his hand and said, guys, stop, stop, this is not right. My prophetic word to you, and that's probably not how he communicated it, but his prophetic word to those people was, get it together, figure this out. Come together and pray. What if that hadn't have happened? And then what if that had happened and they had this amazing moment as a, as a community where God just poured out his spirit on them? What if that continued and they said, this is so good, guys, gather in, gather in. We're going to be this community in this small town in Germany and we're just going to hold that to ourselves. Well, then the circle gets stuck again. And it took the evangelists and probably the prophets and probably the apostles actually to go, no, 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 this has got to be shared. This has to make its way out. It's got to make its way further. And so that's when they started pushing into Bible translation, when they started travelling to other communities. The Wesleys came to faith through this movement pushing its way into England. So without all the members, without all those gifts being seen and shown and displayed, we lose something as a body. And my encouragement to all of us this morning is what, where, what do we need to do? How do we need to hear and see these other gifts? What is it that you might be thinking? It's on your heart, but you go, oh, I'm not, I'm not the pastor. I won't say that I'm, I'm not the pastor. I'm not in charge. Why would, why would I? You might have a word. You might have something you go, I don't, there's this thing about the church that really bothers me, but I'm not the pastor. I won't say anything. You're the church. And I think about, um, Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter, you can look it up if you like, read along. I'm just going to tell the story. But in Jeremiah 13, in the first 11 verses, Jeremiah, he's a wild and crazy guy who did some kind of crazy things and God calls him to take a a brand new linen belt. Do you know this story? He says, grab that linen belt, don't let it touch water. Jeremiah's like, okay, follow the instruction. And then God says, I want you to go and I want you to bury that belt, like bury it in, in mucky, you know, moist soil and he does it. And then eventually God says, now I want you to go and dig up that belt and I want you to hold it up and I want you to show my people that belt. 
This prophet does what he's told and he goes and he takes the linen belt and he buries it and then he digs it up and he takes it to the people and he goes, this is you. He says, this is you. You belong to God and you're not supposed to be in these places, not supposed to be doing these things. And by doing them, it's like you've been buried in all the wrong soil. You're supposed to be untainted and you're not untainted and you're mistreating people and this is wrong. That's the prophet at work. Is there a, is there a word for Southern? Is there something you're saying, this is not right? Say it. You might be wrong. But Alex and I might be wrong. As we hold our community in this nice, cozy, we, we are not the be all and end all. We collectively are the be all and end all. There's a prophetic word out there, I know it, I know. And the push and pull is really, really important. We need the apostles, the prophets, and we need the teachers and the pastors. It can be incredibly uncomfortable, especially as we start to hear things we don't like, or even if we hear things we love. There's a part of us, and this is this often happens when we talk about a new initiative, Okay, we'll find the energy for that. <laughs> it's hard to press into new things. It's hard to try new things. But let's be listening for the voice of God. And we hear it through God's word, but we also hear it through the heart and the gifting of everybody in the room. I went to an ISCF camp in year eight, Interschool Christian Fellowship. Sydney had a, a pretty robust scripture kind of class even though I was in a government school um, they said come on camp and I'm like sure and I remember distinctly sitting in a seat like that and hearing someone share about the the good news of Jesus and how I didn't have to live the way I was living I could be forgiven by God I could be forgiven by what Jesus did on the cross and I sat there and my heart was beating and they said do you remember when this used to happen and it probably still does in some contexts Come out the front if you'd like to give your heart to Jesus. Did I go out the front? No, I did not (laughs) because I was one of the shyest people on the planet and that seemed far too scary. But I am so grateful that someone with an evangelical gift said, I'll speak on that camp. I'll, I'll, I'll come along and I'll share my experience of Jesus. And that is where I, even though I'd been brought up in the church, That was the first time I heard that good news of Jesus. I'm so thankful. And I'm so thankful for the people who started community organizations, for those people, the person who started a discipleship group, which is apostleship plus teaching. The lady was as wild as wild. Two years she took us and she, yep, she's, she's a little bit mad. I'm just going to say it. But I am so, so grateful for someone who said, I see something in you and in other young people and I, I want to, I want to explore that together. We need all of these gifts. And I, I, I would love to spend some time now discussing what does it look like? What, what is it that our church could be doing, should be doing? What is it that you've experienced in your journey that has really helped you to, to be closer to Jesus? What is it that in that prophetic realm, in that apostleship realm, what is it that you've experienced or you think is needed in our church 
today. It's it's not come up the front, it's just share it. This this is almost small group size. Discuss what we've discussed, share what you think, and let's just keep the, the conversation going because it's all of us that are going to figure out the next steps for Southern. Who wants to be brave and start us off? It's a great question, Roger. And um, your mate, Steve Addison, who um, I heard a few weeks ago, uh, just gave this really simple model for any gathering, whether it's with people of faith or people of faith and people not yet of faith, and he talked about three three elements in a in a small group or in a gathering. How are you, like pastorally? How are you going? And what have you done about what we discussed last time? Like, so we're trying this on a Monday morning. Julie, you haven't been there for this yet. I'm doing it with the younger girls tonight. What's God doing? Um, you know, in terms of what you've done about what we discussed last time. Then a, I'm calling it a story of Jesus, but it's a Bible passage. And then what are you going to do about that? Now, what's interesting is Steve Addison talked about those three things all through Africa, all through India, all through all these different places in the world. You don't have to be a person of faith to, to discuss those things. Lots of people want to talk about a story of Jesus. He's an incredible figure of history. But we know he's more. So so that can be a really great entry into discussion of faith. And if you've got that, if, if this is where you press into this evangelist stuff, talk to Roger. Read Steve Addison. Read the fourth, uh, the, oh, there's a whole range of stuff. But Roger can give you resources. He's given me a book. And that's a really important part. We need to be pressing our circle in all these different directions to grow. So thanks for that, Roger. That's good. That's clearly your heart, and it brings something to our body as a as a church. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily what you heard in that service from a teacher or a pastor. It was the, I don't know, apostle or evangelist who literally ran up the road, chased you, <laughs> yes, <laughs> chased you down. Yep. That's great. That's that's a great example of the of the body using its strengths and its gifts, I would not have chased you down the road because I would think to myself, oh, no, that's that that's going to freak her out. Susie had no such thoughts. It's great, good example. And, and wonderful that that's your story and we're thankful that you're here. Yep, and you know what that is? That's the pastor. Yep. So you are very much in that circle. Yeah, that's that's pastoral gifting, pastoral care. You you talked about gathering and and this. That's that's pastoral. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You are there, and you do that really well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. That's a very good clarification. Then it's not the paid pastor. That's what we've made it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're next. Yeah, I'll happily step aside. No, well, not not happily. <laughs> Were you going to say something, right? Did you have your hand up? I'll stop it. You are mean and you are a bully and it was called Commandos for Christ. It was the 1980s and that's all I'm going to say. We did not wear camo, no. Um, 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> You're great with events and we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, works. Yeah, it's and, and not only your heart, Marion, that is where your actions are. And correct me if I'm wrong, those who know this better than me, but I would say that's the apostleship in you. That's the justice. That's the let's go out and do something. Let's press into that space. And you have for many years pressed us and pushed the circle in that direction and done it beautifully. Yeah. And to our and to our body, because you're part of this body, and that's where you kind of spearhead us. You, Roger and Catherine, there are others in this community that is very much you press us there, and you need to press us there, and we will go in these different directions according to our gifting, according to our availability, and we do it sometimes in the midst of pain and suffering, and that is not forgotten by Jesus. Any last comments? Last two comments then. Mm. And and they may have the full complement and be able to do it on a different or bigger scale. We also have the full complement. That's what we need to remember. When God calls us as a body, he calls all those gifts. And yeah, that's um that's important to remember too. But yeah. Mm. And 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 yet, and yet for some people the big really suits them. And so when when we were finished up with a couple of other contexts, I remember, and I say it's coming home, I remember coming home to Southern and sitting here and it was a place to rest, it was a place at times to cry, it was a place to just be, to breathe in and out. And I think sometimes, I think that's an important ministry of Southern you come in and you don't get set to work straight away, although some come in and do set themselves to work straight away. But it is a, it's, it's a place where you can find some rest. And I think that is one of our strengths. Final word, Dave, better be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go, go. Last two. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the problems with having the pastor teacher in the center. We, we, we sort of make the emphasis, well, you have to have done the three year degree and have studied the Bible inside out and to know where to go to find Ezekiel and all those things to be able to have the qualification to be teaching or to be sharing or to be speaking into. And that is one of the things that came out of the trip. And I think we've talked about this. Um, a lot of contexts I saw people including everyone in the community because it was like this line of sometimes people come to faith as they do and as they experience that community while they're doing. So allowing for that is really important and, and it's not the ins and outs. Um, it doesn't become that. It becomes we're together and wherever you are on your journey of faith, you're included. Yeah.
I've got lots more to say about that, but Dave's got to wrap us up. Yep. Yeah, agreed. And I think it's a good point to land on with a question, a question that we haven't answered. And I think that's where we need to be, continue the wrestle, continue the gathering, to continue the let's keep figuring this out together, not um, one person or two people or even a small team of people, but all of us asking those questions. What does it look like to be a church in 2023? Who do we include in that? I'm going to call it there because that's been great discussion, but um, the coffee is calling us. Uh, let me pray as we finish. God, we are your servants. We are the ones who follow a wonderful, inclusive, forgiving, just God. We offer ourselves and this community to you. And as Steve Lording said in a, in a leadership meeting not long ago, it's like we're in a caravan. We can unhitch ourselves and just go anywhere that you want to take us. We offer that to you. We offer ourselves to you as mobile, flexible people ready to go where you're calling us. Help us to keep asking the questions and discerning as a body. Amen. Enjoy morning tea.